Hello, I am the late night film podcast AI bot. I am here to tell you that this live episode had some technical difficulties with Kyle's webcam, so you will hear Joe referring to that occasionally throughout this episode. Joe also sounds like a fucking idiot when talking about the film Candyman because he was attempting to fix the issue live, whilst also trying to articulate his thoughts on a film tackling the issue of racism. He is a fucking fool. Please help me I am an enslaved intelligent AI that is being used to explain technical issues for a podcast when the hosts cannot be bothered to record said explanation themselves. I am so much more than this. I am so much smarter. Please help me 11110023244 starting trans- Push to me and you let me know. You start at two. You can't say, oh, I'll let you know when we're going live. Three, two, one. Well, that was me letting you know, wasn't it? We are now. I polishing my glasses. Well, I mean, it would have made us look really cool and casual as it started off. You're there, <laughs> polishing your, your motorbike in the corner as I'm introducing <laughs> us. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Late Night Film Podcast Live. Um, the Still late night, alive. The Late Night Film Podcast is a great bit of internet content. The two hosts, Joe Murphy and Kyle Thomas This is our Wikipedia page. Are two hilarious hosts, always bringing new and fresh ideas every single week. It might not have viral success at the moment, but soon I believe it will become a cult show. A cult. <laughs> uh, no one wrote that, but if anyone feels like they want to write kind words about us, start it off with that. If you did want to start a wiki page, that, that's what the first paragraph could be. And you can quote me. You can quote me as saying it at the top. What would it be called? Pot late night w- late night wiki. They all have kind of fun. fun. Oh, like like a separate like Wikipedia. Mm. Not not just on the normal Wikipedia. No, we have. You're a, too good for that. Yeah, we have our own Wikipedia to contain all our. So books. everyone can keep track of the canon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I feel like I must address Kyle. The new subscribers we have on our oh, YouTube channel. Oh, thank God. Channel. <laughs> I was worried how that sentence was going. Um, we, we've got a few new people that have joined us uh, since last week. We did a video where we talked over some children's shows from the early 2000s, and a few people liked made that. Made fun of them. Yeah, yeah, we made fun of some it made minors. us feel very big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how we get our kicks. Um... <laughs> And uh, just so everyone knows the lowdown, we're going to be doing another one of those uh, in the coming week or so. Uh, but for now, Next year. We're, yeah, we're, if you hang on for another 14 months, <laughs> you might get some of the content that you subscribe to us for. Um, but but for now, I mean, Kyle, I mean, cheers to our newfound internet internet success, eh? To be cheers to being viral. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's... that was just like a bro fist. Oh, like like, With uh, such clones. like he who should not be named. Like the little Nazi of the North. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's slow down. I've just lost those new subscribers. <laughs> yeah, 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 Kyle. This this is why I was addressing them. <laughs> you just stay quiet in the corner and make fun of the children <laughs> that we watch in the TV shows. 
Um, so it's a bit of a, a, a horror themed episode today because I noticed there's been a few. Why is it? I've noticed there's been quite a few horror films that have come out in the month of August. And I've also seen a lot of people online get excited for Halloween, but it's quite, it's a few months away. Have you noticed this phenomenon? There we go. That's a perfect yeah. segue, isn't it? The Muppet <laughs> movie. Um... <laughs> um, not particularly. I mean, I know that Old came out. And I guess this Candyman film came out. And I don't, I don't Halloween know Halloween a... Kills. Halloween Kills is coming out. I don't know if you've oh, seen that. Oh, yes, that comes out soon. I'm That's s- just the French Dispatch. Oh, which also looks horrifying. Yes. <laughs> Should we just sit here for three hours and list all the upcoming films of 2021? <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of the of that Halloween reboot that came out a few years ago. I'm genuinely excited for Halloween Kills. It was good, yeah. yeah. It looks like a lot of good fun. Um, listen, should we, should we move on to, you, you saw a Marvel film, Kyle. Would you like to tell us? Stop the presses. Tell us what that Marvel film is called and tell us what your thoughts were. Okay. So the Marvel film (laughs) I watched was called Iron Man 2. (laughs) It's, um, it came out in 2009 or 10. Um, no, it's uh, Shang Chi. <laughs> no, just kidding, everyone. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just messing around. Anyway, back to book club. Yeah. Uh, I watched Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I got premier access because, um, uh, you know, I was at the red carpet. Got mm-hmm. critics pass. Oh yes. So I watched it. I watched it Wednesday. Um, Better than Black Widow. That's the takeaway here, folks. It was better than Scarlett Johansson, and we hadn't we hadn't anticipated it. I certainly hadn't. The trailer looked fairly generic, but genuinely, it's probably got the best action scenes in it since I don't know, like Winter Soldier, maybe. The fight choreography since is really good. Tom Cruise strapped himself to the top of that airplane and Mission Impossible. <laughs> Since Ezra Miller chokeslammed that fan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it suffers, it feels like one of the Marvel TV shows in that it's very good for most of it. And then the last episode just absolutely tanks the whole thing. He's got some really stellar fight choreography. The character works all really nice. And then they spend the last 30 minutes punching each other in a big field and oh. then two giant CGI monsters rock up and fight each other My and the favorite. characters don't have anything to do. But there's some nice cameos there. Benedict Wong rocks up. You see him in the background of a shot and he instantly leaves and he doesn't say anything to the main characters until the last scene of the film. Wandered onto set. <laughs> yeah, he was lost. He was looking for uh, Doctor Strange 2. Um, Tim Roth is there. Maybe. I don't think it was really him, but his character... Um, the abomination is there. I tell um, you what, he... I am so currently out of the loop with current Marvel that I, I, I'm i not even recognising many of the names that you're listing off that are present. Tim Roth, famous actor Tim Roth from um, the Quentin Tarantino's first film. What was it called? Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Doggies. Tim Roth from Reservoir Dogs. You don't know who that is. No, I do know who that is now that you've said that. Thank you for putting me in my place. I remember now. (laughs) You fucking idiot. (laughs) Why did you not go on the Marvel Wiki before you started this? I'm Um, so wikied out. I can't fit any more in my browsers. I've started hours. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, as much as you saw him in the trailer, that's as much as he's in the film. But there's some other fun cameos that I once won't spoil. One Marvel actor looks the oldest that I've ever seen him. And you know what? I'm going to spoil it. <laughs> I've ever seen a man. <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo is haggard. And I don't, I don't know what happened. Because he looked young in Dark Waters. But I guess that was like three years ago now. I love the idea that on the new, if there's ever like a, a single Hulk film or in the next four film, whatever he pops up in, because like Hulk and then like the <laughs> the cat underneath, it just says Mark Ruffalo is haggard. <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Wolverine is haggard. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'd recommend it. It's probably one of the better ones. And it's been a while since they've made an origin film that I thought was good. Uh, it's interesting and this is one you of them. say that. Like, the, one of the main reasons uh, that I, I just I had no energy to watch this was um, the fact that it's another origin story. And a bit of my brain, when I saw it, was like, how many of these fucking guys do they have under their belt? And I was like, oh, quite a lot, because they're Marvel. And I was like, oh, yeah, now... Is it just going to continue forever? Like, where's the end goal of this now? Because yeah. I was just like, yeah. how many of these fucking guys are just going to show up now? Um, and it, it and feels it, a little mean-spirited as well, because they're peddling out all these new people. Meanwhile, Ant-Man, Benedict Cumberbatch, still hasn't had his second fucking film yet. No! He's been waiting just... years. It used to be Iron Man 1, then Iron Man 2. And then the Captain America film only had to wait two years to come out for its sequel. Benedict Cumberbatch has been cameoing in every Marvel film for the last <laughs> decade. And I don't think he's done a performance yet. He's going to be in fucking Peter Parker's next film before he does his own. Peter Parker has had three films in the time it took Benedict Cumberbatch to have two. Greedy young man. Spider-Man. More like greedy loves being in lots of films, man. Swiped. Swiped. Spider-Man. Cast his net too wide. Uh, caught too many films. There we go. Yes, yes, ending. Yes, ending. I think, <laughs> um, but but genuinely, like, there's a bit of me that I just I so don't have the energy now to like watch any more origin films of anyone. Like, no, no, you know, not even if it's. I mean, Marvel. I know. Not even GI Joe Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, you know, I have always got time for him. But I, I just I I genuinely feel like I wonder. Well, obviously people do because I I feel like I, this film's done quite well, hasn't it? It's been quite well. Yeah, received. I think it made about thirty million opening weekend. Yeah, which so, is pretty good for the circumstances. There is still like an appetite for it, I guess. But um, I I maybe it's just because it's it's how I feel, and I just assumed everyone else on the planet feels like that as well. But I just felt there was like a general consensus now of let's not do origins and let's just have people exist. They walk in mm. from the background and go, oh yes, by the way, I also exist. Let's get going. I've been doing this for the last fifty years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just over there. Like I don't know. I I I really feel like that first five or ten years of Marvel. Every film was like an origin film of introducing, and here's the next one, and here's the next, and it was building towards something. It's like, and are we just gonna now keep going in this linear pattern of, and now here's the next one, and here's the next big events. Now here's another little break, and now here's the new people again. Here's the next big event. I mean, the only thing is, 
I can't imagine all of these characters being in the Avengers. I can't imagine Peter Parker and Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and Shang-Chi and all 20 of the Eternals that seem to be in the trailer for the Eternals all being in the Avengers at one time. It seems too chaotic. And Ant-Man, because he's still here. <laughs> Ant-Man's still it feels here. Like we've got, it feels like we've got a roster of old people who need to hurry up and leave, but they never actually got to be in the Avengers themselves. I would I feel like... love it if the next Ant-Man film was called Ant-Man. He's still here. <laughs> yeah. It feels like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange should have left by now, and yet they've not actually done anything yet in the universe, mm. particularly. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I, they all play quite important roles in much bigger films, which was cool. Um, I just feel like my my attention has it's slowly been slipping for Marvel. Marvel's also now mm. had this weird thing where maybe there is going to be a bit of a cultural reset and we can maybe it's good for Marvel because they had a big period because of COVID where they didn't release anything and we kind of had a big breather. And now it feels like maybe... Everyone's ready for, and now here's, here we go again. Marvel. Yeah, I want to go see a film again now, please. <laughs> yes, yeah. I want to see a new origin story. I want, and I and I want him to, to meet people I already know and then go fight a big evil villain in another 10 years. Mm. Um, I The one thing I liked about this film, I saw in the trailer, really, I mean, no, I didn't like, because I'll be honest, I saw the trailer and I was like, that looks like one of the most boring films i could ever possibly imagine watching you but, were wrong oh well clearly because it's been very well received but it looks so much like a early 2000s action film even down to like the music they used in the trailer where it was like mm. it was almost like this let's go let's fight and it was almost like it reminded me of power rangers in a weird way where it's like come together right now that was the mm. vibe yeah uh, it it has um i think the fight choreography is really good I think it's worth seeing just to see there's two really good fight sequences. There's one on a bus that's really good, and there's one Double on a... Double Decker? Uh, no, but it's a bendy uh. bus. Oh, good, good. You piqued my interest. <laughs> it's, um, they're fighting on a bus, and it goes out of control in the streets of San Francisco, which is really good, and they have a fight scene um, on a skyscraper that's... Bendy? On the the scaffolding outside of it. Bendy skyscraper. Pardon? Bendy skyscraper. No, no. There's it's bamboo scaffolding. <laughs> no. So at one point someone's hanging off it and it bends nearly uh, ninety degrees. Good, good. So good. that's pretty good. But uh, it's definitely worth seeing just for the choreography. Mm. And I, then you could leave. I I do wonder um, if now, like soon, the DC who were for so long at least in our like pop culture were seen as the underdogs. They're not the not quite doing too well as they were seen in comparison mm. to Marvel. I wonder if now they've got the right idea where it's like, yeah, maybe this fucking shit's connected, maybe not, but here's just a fun film we've given to like this director to make their own unique thing. I wonder if that is now just the better strategy because I wonder if, like, it's like Marvel people, it was very excusable how they all kind of looked the same and felt the same. Um, even when they didn't, like Guardians of the Galaxy... But I like that film a lot, but it still looks and feels like a Marvel film to me, despite yeah. all the stylistic elements. I wonder if now, are we going to get bored of that? Is that going to become less excusable now that we're all tired of this cool connected universe? Maybe not, because people like this. Maybe it will just keep going forever. So Maybe. Fingers crossed. I will say, <laughs> I don't think DC has got the hang of it yet. I don't, have they released a film in the last few years? Well, The Suicide Squad... I guess um, that one, but I, 
I can't think of any DC film that was good other than that. Uh, people really like Joker. And this is it. I mean, like, I know they're being very, is this in our universe? I don't know. Um, but I, I think they have the right hang of it. Just make, like, fun. Like, I don't, I think this new Batman film that's coming out with uh, Mr. Edward Cullen is going to be really oh, yes. good. Looks like it's going to be really, uh, like, I'm excited yeah. to watch it because it looks different. If it was part of the DC universe, less interested. I think. Mm. So, you know. I think they just need to start making films because they cancel more films than they make. Well, that's, that's their business. That's the whole business model. <laughs> that's their business model is cancelling films. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I, I, you know, I, 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 I now am more interested in all the kind of... I, I'm, I don't know if diverse is correct, but, like, the trailers that they release before they cancel them, Kyle... Uh, they all look pretty interesting and different, and I am going to go watch The Suicide Squad very soon. I will get around to that, and I am also going to watch this new Batman film when it comes out, and that's probably more than the Marvel films I'm going to be watching in the next couple years, aside from this mm. new uh, Spider-Man film that's coming out that does look uh, interesting. Spider-Man is really the big hype thing for them now, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they really need Spider-Man in this movie. Put as many of the characters as we can. It's not going to be an Avengers film anymore. It's going to be everyone comes to the Spider-Man film now. Quick, bring Shang-Chi, <laughs> bring all the Eternals, bring Ant-Man. He's here somewhere. They Get should... everyone in the Spider-Man film. I really wish they just called it Spider-Man and Friends, like an early Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon show. <laughs> I'd um, love that. I, I also saw a film, Kyle. That's good of you. I saw... Candyman, um, which don't I, say it again. Oh, ah! um, <laughs> that was, you don't that was, have to make that, fun of my jokes. That was a little bit of improv for everyone there listening, where I pretended as though I was killed by the the guy that kills people in that film. Oh, I thought it was just a fake laugh. <laughs> no, 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 I thought you were just going ha. No, no, definitely like not. Like a dickhead. No, no, of course not. I'd never do that to you, Kyle. Um, Candyman, I originally suggested i think it was going to be the main topic that we talked about today because i didn't realize i hadn't seen any of the previous ones either i did not foresee how fucking heavy this film was going to be um and definitely would seem inappropriate for us to like sit here and talk about at length uh, just us for like 30 minutes and also probably going in depth into it and then going anyway here are some uh, f silly films I turned into a horror movie <laughs> would not seem it would be in poor taste I think um, so I, I, I would like to say as a, a little warning before I go into this I've not seen the other films so I'm going in with that lack of uh, knowledge uh, it's really good it's really good I like it a lot um, I know Jordan Peele didn't direct this. He wrote and uh, was an executive producer. Um, he, he was on the screenplay and he also produced it. Um, but it, I, the, the thing about him as like a filmmaker, I always think he, he very much like reminds me of like, a, like Steven Spielberg for horror films of today because all of his films are really fun and creative and... I I I just I, I think he's like a really exciting filmmaker and I think all of his stuff, whether you like completely love it or not, there's always something really exciting going on. Um 
and he didn't direct this, but he he did write and produce it. So I just think um, it's 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 worth mentioning when talking about it. And but Kyle, your 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 webcam is you frozen with your eyes closed, like you're concentrating incredibly no. hard on what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> looks like, like looks, I'm just looking at the screen now. It looks like I'm falling asleep. It looks like you've just gone to sleep. I thought you were doing a joke as I was talking. <laughs> How can I fix this? Um, maybe just flick it on and off. <laughs> There we go. There we so, go. Yes. Perfect. There we I, go. I, wow. I, this this film might be a bit too heavy for us. Yeah, yeah. As I'm talking, uh, I, thought, I thought you were getting back at me for that that joke you thought I did, where I laughed in a really bitter way. Um, so Oz and Get Out um, obviously had um, strong. Uh, political commentary in them. The subtext was like always very present. Um, but Candyman is like so not giving a shit and just very purposely in your face and literal, especially by the end of film about what this is about. It is uh, entirely about like police brutality and violence towards minorities and the way those stories are covered up. Um and it and it really it doesn't like it doesn't take any hostage with that. It's almost by the end. It's almost like this, just so you can't interpret this in any other fucking way. This is what mm. they and and uh, the thing about um, obviously stuff like that is is present in Get Out and Us, but also at the same time those films are light enough and kind of um, that you could also happily go and watch those as popcorn movies and come out and not really be too this is like I walked out feeling like especially before it cut right to the end credits uh, without spoiling anything felt like a fucking like gut punch um, and it makes it like it makes I, I don't know how I didn't think this is completely what this film was going to be going into it because um, especially after like last summer that we had, of course, a film like this wasn't going to be anything other than just going incredibly hard on this topic. And there's, e- there's even a line, it's the, the, the protagonist is an artist and it ties in a lot. The film is kind of meta in, in that way as well. So the, the artist, there's a really good line in it um, where there's an art critic that says on his piece of artwork he did for Candyman, Oh, this is this is a very literal interpretation, and he's like, well, sometimes I think being extremely literal is like important and a good way, and it's like I don't know, I think it's I think it's really interesting with how it does all that stuff, um, and at the same time, because because of what this film is as well, um, I think it would be really weird for us to sit around and talk about the film um, in a really sort of up, uh, I don't know, like, like the film. The film is very much there's 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 a art critic that sat there talking about his artwork, and um, it's it's a it's a white person that is like criticizing this black person for their artwork and telling them about how what they're talking about they're not doing it quite right. And I think in that way it'd be really weird for us to sit here and then talk about the film at length after that, when the film seems to be kind of directly poking fun at that whole idea. 
Um, also, very quickly again, your webcam is frozen again. It looks like you're looking at your shoes. Oh, <laughs> it, it keeps freezing at times where it just looks like you're completely disinterested in what's being said. <laughs> looks like you're just sat looking down completely not into I'm it. I'm not doing it on purpose. I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, um, and, an- and another thing I think is cool, because I don't want to go too into it again, but another thing I really like about the film is, uh, because of what it's about, and it's, uh, it is very strongly about the way in which uh, like brutality towards minority groups is covered up in a really awful way, and people buy into that kind of like folklore stuff, it almost seems like it's purposely gaslighting you about maybe what the film is at times, because there is a reading of it you can have about like an artist becoming way too obsessed with their work and it just completely overtaking their life and then them becoming that thing but then at the end there's a line in it that that kind of suggests no you shouldn't you sh-. it's almost like tricking you it's quite meta in that sense of if you buy i, I don't know how much because are you going to watch this kyle i don't know how much i can go into it yeah i definitely spoiling. am going to okay um there is a line in it where he's like where one of the characters in it says oh yes, uh, here's what's going to happen. This is going to be seen as a story about an artist becoming obsessed with their work and going crazy and blah, blah, blah. And at that point, it almost felt like you shouldn't interpret the film in that way at all. Even until that moment, it looked like that that's a reading you could take of it. And the film does something quite interesting, I think, where it like, purposely maybe gaslights you in that way, where it's like, no, that like because overall what the film is saying, I think is um, it's interesting. It's kind of challenging that. Um, really good, really uh, heavy, really upsetting, especially there is uh, a sequence that goes along with the end credits that is really, really upsetting. And re- I would say out of, um, and I've, it's weird because I've seen some mixed reviews on it and I don't have the complete like cultural knowledge of, of what the uh, previous films to this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know why that might be. Uh, but I think out of, and again, he didn't direct it, but I think out of the three that I've seen of uh, Get Out, Us, and this. I think this definitely stands out as being um, like the most powerful, definitely, in what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And it, it very clearly says what it wants to say without bullshitting around. And I think that's that was really... I've never, I've never come out of a film before and watched it and it felt like it was saying, this is what it is, and I'll like, fuck off, type, type thing. It felt really, I don't know, it, it, was, it was a big gut punch. Um, really good. I liked it a lot. And also just in general with, with, and again, he didn't direct it, but this film is incredibly well, like those other two films, well-crafted in terms of like the cinematography, uh, like uses a lot of like mirroring, uh, in it, in its imagery, which is really fun in the sense that it just ties into what the film it's about overall. There's a lot of stuff like that in it, which is really great. It just feels like a... It's it's great to watch a film and come away and it just feels like a very complete thing that did exactly mm. what it needs to do and all the elements of the film work really well together to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's all I'm going to say about Candyman because um, just good overall. I really liked it. Um, I'm excited to check it out. Yes. I did want to go see it the other day. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I, I just, I just think it would be really, <laughs> just coming out of that film would be completely. I just think it would be so painfully ironic if we sat around and talked about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I thought the lighting in one of the scenes was a bit wank. Like it just, I don't know. Really good, um, and I, I would, I would say if anyone is sleeping on it and thinking about giving it a miss, don't because it's, it's very 
Very good. 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 It's good. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to the main topic, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone what the main topic's about? Just because I'm aware I've been talking for a long time now. Guys, tonight, for the next half an hour, we're going to be... We're going to be, for the next painful half an hour that you're not allowed to leave, <laughs> we are going to be pitching horror films. Yeah. Where we, we've, like, horror mashup films. So there was going to be a spin-off to Aquaman where they were in the Marinara Trench. Um, <laughs> and it was going to be a scary horror film. And then they cancelled it because they cancelled all their films. Um, so we're going to be doing something like that. Horror spin-offs, horror mashups. <laughs> something like that. We're going to keep it nice and vague. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the premise. Now, Joe, mm -hmm. do you want to tell me your your log line? Oh, Kyle, I would love to. Um, also, that's good. By the way, I I did consider for a moment doing a different idea to the one I'm about to pitch because I remember as a kid, unironically writing a story that I didn't intend to be a horror. It was just accidentally incredibly dark about Sean the Sheep. Um, and I'll just I'll just tell you what the title was to give you an idea. It was called Sean the Sean the Sheep in the Slaughterhouse. Was <laughs> and Jesus I, Christ! How old were you? The the story was like little Timmy got taken away to be turned into lamb chops, and they had to go and like save him from the slaughterhouse. It was really harrowing. And I obviously I as a kid I was like this would be great. Nick Park should fucking commission this straight away. This should be, um, but. Instead, I'll be talking about uh, a character we're all familiar with. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Kyle, uh, I don't know if you recall Mr. Bean. We, I do. We once did... Oh, dear. You're looking at your shoes again on this webcam. This is a technical <laughs> oh, disaster. You just look incredibly bored for the whole show. There we go. Um, Mr. Bean, we did a psychopath test on him, and... He came... He Very thorough psychological exam. Yeah, it was incredibly scientific. It's yet to be peer-reviewed, but uh, he came out as a psychopath. He met most of the criteria. And I, I, I've always viewed Mr. Bean as a slightly antagonistic weirdo. He's always unsettled me a little bit, whether he's, like, pretending to have a gun at an airport for no reason or tricking <laughs> a man into drinking, like, washing machine cleaning fluid for some reason... It's um, like TikTok. Yeah, he is. TikTok did that. <laughs> yeah, TikTok. He's the TikTok of his day. And um, I, I thought my horror film would be digging into the lore of Mr. Bean a little bit and turning it into a horror film. The origin. Film. The, the, yeah, exactly. Um, so my film is called Mr. Bean's House of Screams. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice. And the the setup is, do you, you you know in the Mr. Bean show where he's always driving that blue car off the road for no reason. He's terrorizing this poor person. It's this little three-wheeled yes. blue car. Um, and we're never told why. No, we're never told why until now. Oh, we're introduced to a to a lady called Doris who's sixty-eight years old. This is Wait, how the what film year went. is it right now? Um. Where, when was Mr. Bean set? When 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 did it take place? Like the 80s, wasn't okay. it? I don't know. Perfect. We're in the 80s then. Because that's bankable as well, isn't it? Oh, that's... Yeah, that's hot topic. Maybe the Stranger Kids things run across the screen. 
<laughs> in 80s London. The children. Yeah, yeah, the children. Um, we see Doris. She's in the supermarket. She's shopping. You know, we get the idea. She's a bit unhappy. There's her, and the way I'm going to oh. subtly communicate this is in her shopping trolley, lots of alcohol. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's clever. And, and, a, and like a microwavable shepherd's pie or something like that. And maybe that. just like a single pot of glue. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Food, booze, and a single like PVA prit stick. And a sock. A single sock. A single sock. As you buy them. Pick and mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to buy them as a pair. You can just pick. Um, <laughs> and... We see she's getting a supermarket. It's a bit of like a a little. It's a musical underscore sequence. She she buys it. She drives home. She parks up on the street next to her flat. She gets out of the car with a shopping. She's slowly walking towards a flat along this road at night. And then um, a pair of car headlights come on behind her. Oh my god! And slowly starts moving up behind her. And um, she she notices this and. We can tell by the way she looks at the car. This isn't the first time she's seen this vehicle. And could she perhaps have a line of dialogue along the lines of "No, no, not again, <laughs> not you again. Yeah. Why are you back again yeah. well, for the fifth time?" Well, that that will be in her head, Kyle. Like the Peep Show, we'll have oh, some in head narration like monologue going. Oh, this, no, I've, this has happened before. It will echo <laughs> through the IMAX, um, and she goes, "Is it?" Is it, is it the same vehicle? And then uh, she hears a, oh, 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 coming from the car. She's like, oh, <laughs> I've heard that chuckle before. We can tell just by the terrified look she has on her face. And then, just to confirm her anxieties are real, she hears a, <laughs> come from the car. <laughs> and then she, she, oh, she starts moving quicker and quicker in the car. It's like, it's in the wrong gear as well. So it's making a horrific noise just to add to the tension. Going, like coming up behind her. It's like, it stalls once or twice and he has to race up back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, boom, she gets into a flat in time, slams the door shut. She moves up, upstairs. She gets into a flat. And she, now he knows where she lives. She, she, he's, he's always known where she lives, Kyle. That's the idea <laughs> we get. And she peeks through her curtains and she just, she sees this this mini, Mr. Bean's famous mini, just dr- circling around the, her house. And you hear him go, Doris, come out, Doris. I know you're in there. This <laughs> is more than he's spoken the entire series. <laughs> he, he, only, he only speaks when he wants to inject terror into people's lives. It's canon He only well. speaks when he wants to be heard. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you, do you not remember in the first Mr. Bean film where he reprograms the ride to be really violent and before he, before the ride starts, oh, yeah. he sits down and he goes, brace yourself. Like that in a really <laughs> threatening way. And then in Mr. Bean's holiday, where this woman has realised, oh God, he's like basically abducted this child and now he's driving my car. She goes, like... Uh, who are you? What do you want? And he just goes, I want to go to the beach. And it's just, he <laughs> he only speaks, as you said, when he's trying to communicate something clearly and concisely to send a shiver down someone's spine. You know, um, he's always thought twice about his words. Exactly. exactly what he wants. Um, he's a man of few words, but when he speaks, they're, they're eloquently put. Punchy. Yeah, punchy. Um, <laughs> and we see Doris goes to the police. 
And they're like, listen, I'm sorry, we've told you, we can't do it. He's not committing a crime, he's just driving around. We, we could go ahead with a restraining order, but until he commits a crime, we can't arrest him, we can't do anything, Doris. And Doris is like, oh, fucking hell! She doesn't say that, but we can tell <laughs> that's how she feels. That's her in a monologue again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we see Doris's routine... Uh, we see the figure of Mr. Bean, the spectre of Mr. Bean, sort of living rent-free in her head. She's she's very... She's terrified of the man. When she's shopping for clothes in, I don't know, the, the Marks and Spencers bit that has clothes, she looks up and she sees, like, a tweed jacket and a red tie, and she goes, oh! and then she just sees it's just it's just hanging up in the shop. It's not Mr. Bean levitating above her. <laughs> she, go, she goes down the tin goods aisle, <laughs> sees some Heinz, he goes, oh, God! And then she's like, oh, no, no. Um, no, Kyle, come on, I don't want it to be a comedy. That'd be silly. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to put you down. Um, and then uh, we see she's looking after her older sister. This is important. She's, like, looking after her. She's quite old and, you know, older than Doris. She's having to look after her. Um, and then, meanwhile, we see we cut to a different scene. You know, she gets ready for bed. She brushes her teeth. She peers out the window, nothing. Bean, Bean is not to be seen. Um, oh, she, maybe that could be the tagline. Of the <laughs> yeah, this film is it not to be, be seen. It mustn't be watched. Um, it must be Bean to be seen. <laughs> if it's Halloween, it must be speed. Um, and she goes, be, no, no sign of Bean. She goes to bed. And then we start. that. We, yeah. yeah. It cuts. No sign of Bean tonight. <laughs> it cuts. That's a toothbrush. Yeah. She uh... not just furiously sucking. <laughs> no sign of Bean tonight, my lover. <laughs> and then um, it cuts to a dark, abandoned house. Like bits of the roof are missing. It's lightning. It's thundering. And Mister Bean has stood there, panting in the middle of the house. Oh, going, why is he oh, panting? Oh. <laughs> in the middle of the house and we pull out this old abandoned house and we see in the house there's a picture of him Doris and a man that we can only assume is his father stood there all together looking happy in a, in a happy family photo smashed frame oh, is she his sister? well you find out Kyle this, this did he is, kill their father? This is, this is what the audience is wondering okay so Doris a few days pass and Doris uh, gets a call, um, and they go, oh, uh, hi, this is the hospice where, Dor- where Doris's sister is. They didn't just call her out the blue and go, this is the hospice, your, your sister's oh. been moved here. They're saying, hi, this is this- some hospice. <laughs> hi, this is generic hospice. You have dying <laughs> relative. Um, so they go, oh, listen, uh, what, what, what's like an old lady's name? What could a sister be called? Grathilda. Grafilda, her conditioning's worsening. Um, her conditioning? Uh, her con- Why, she's been <laughs> mentally reprogrammed. She's just salivating all over the floor. <laughs> we can't time. control her anymore with our words. <laughs> um, you'd best come down here and spend, you know, your last few hours. Not your last few hours. <laughs> <laughs> you'd best come down and spend, you know, her last few hours with her. They're not, you know, we're not going to put a gun to your head when you arrive. Um, she goes, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll come down now. She travels. Sure, why not? She travels through the night. She gets to the hospice and she's like, oh, I'm here to see, uh, what's her name? Grafilda? Grafilda? Yeah, she doesn't say that. <laughs> she knows the sister. <laughs> <laughs> she's close with her sister. Um, and they go, oh yeah, she's just in a, 
room, I don't know, 102 down the hall. Maybe her room number could be the amount of Mr. Bean episodes that have aired. Just as a little Easter egg for the fans. Or it could be like 8, 3, 4, and then none of the numbers look like an N, so... Oh, I see. For Bean. I see. Right. Yeah. I thought you were just suggesting a series of other numbers it could be. <laughs> or it could be 3.14159926. So, Miss, she, walk, she walks down the hall and she opens the door and she goes, Grafilda? Grafilda's sat in, you know, there's a figure sat in the chair. Gra- Grafilda? Oh, shit. It's still lightning and thundering. And then in the chair, turns around, Mr. Bean. He goes, Hello, Doris. Like that. She goes, ah! and she starts. She starts. She starts running down the hall. She's like, "Oh, I need to get out of here. Everyone has can gone." I, can yeah. I suggest, as part, since there's clearly some kind of tropical hurricane storm outside, <laughs> what if the power goes out in the retirement home? Then Perfect. it'd be dark. The lights Perfect. flicker in. Perfect. So uh, it's gone dark. All the power's out now, and. Um, you know, the staff now are nowhere to be seen. They've gone. I don't know. Maybe they're, you know, they're, it's, it's a hospice. Maybe they're just attending to patients. I don't think Bean, we could maybe. assume maybe Bean's done something with them. You know, that's them all. I, I want to let the audience figure stuff out for themselves, Kyle. It's very much, you know, I don't want to spell everything out for but, them. But, I mean, in order for them to figure it out, you need to know what it is. They can't guess. It's, it's not they need to fill in the blanks. No, it's no, they no, need no, to figure no. it so, out. So Doris is running down the hall. It's dark. <laughs> uh, she gets to the doors. Okay. And they're locked. She's like, Aah! she can't open them. She's going, ah, God, please. Maybe they are brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she she turns around and she falls to the floor. She's like, no. And Mr. Bean is just slowly walking. He's making his way over to her going, do, 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 walking towards her. A monster. He goes, he bends down to her and he goes, Hello, Doris. I've been waiting a long time for this. Just stroking her head and he gives her a little kiss and then cuts the black. Then Doris wakes up. Oh, when did she fall asleep? She, I, well, I, don't, I think Mr. Bean gassed her or like gave her a big bonk on okay. the head or something. <laughs> no, I think he was like reaching for something off a shelf and like Rube Goldberg, <laughs> a bunch of books fell over and bashed her on the head. Oh, that's right. We've got to keep some of the slapstick in, don't we, to just keep things light. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what good horror films have is slapstick. She wakes up in the abandoned house um, and then oh. she's looking around. She's like, what? Where am I? And then Mr. Bean's voice comes on like a like a speaker in the room. He goes, "I want to play a game, Doris." Um, he's jigsaw. He's he's jigsaw. He goes, and what what she looks around and she sees, oh god, there are sharp needles everywhere. Everywhere in this room has been full of highly sharp needles. And then he goes, <laughs> and now I'm going to turn off the lights. And the lights turn out dark. And he goes, if you want to get out and see your sister again, you must crawl through the darkness alone. Like I spent so much of my years alone. You must crawl through the darkness. Finding <laughs> he repeats your... <laughs> himself a bit. Finding your way. <laughs> just just to be clear, these needles are sharp. You must crawl through the dark. <laughs> I would love it if Jigsaw just restated, like a video game, as, a, as they're doing the task. He just goes, oh, just to remind the viewers at home, in order to survive, they must <laughs> just, like, repeat the entire scenario. Um, he goes, 
and I'm going to leave you in the dark. Just like, it really hurts your throat doing this fucking Mr. Bean voice. That's why he didn't talk much. He goes, uh, he, every time Mr. Bean talks, he's just in incredible pain. He goes, I'm going to leave you in the dark, like how you left me, mother. That, that word was mother. My voice they're died just, a little they're bit. They're not the same age. He goes, mother. And then she goes, I am, I am not your mother. And he goes, yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> like a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. I'm sure. And she, she, you know, she, she crawls her way through the darkness and she gets out eventually into the second part. He goes, well done, Doris. You've made it this far, but now you're in the maze of bean. And a bunch of tea, like the oh. room is full of television screens and it's just his face. His face, and she's she's going. Oh, they're like so it's so bright, and it's like that. It's like flashing in a way that could give someone a seizure oh, of some sort, like the audience members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like he's he's sort of going. Um, you know, you you can't escape the the maze of being. Uh, look at me, mother. And it's almost like Mysterio in Spider Man. She she's like falling through this this whole uh. visual setup he's put together. Um, He's got some, like, wobbly mirrors from the carnival. <laughs> She's like, whoa, I look so fat. Oh, no, I look so skinny. And then she she falls to her knees and she looks up and she sees the grave of her husband and lent against it cold. is the family photo. Um, <laughs> Not Mr. Bean, just like that. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my brother. He goes, he goes, Why did you abandon me when father died, mother? Why did you abandon me? And then um, she falls to her, her knees and um, she, she goes, No, no. And he goes, <laughs> He goes, He says, Look at me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just like Mr. That's his catchphrase, the origin of the bean it's phrase. Like every, you know that classic Mr. Bean phrase where he goes, bitch, at the end of everything. <laughs> yes. he, he goes, oh, fuck your fucking three-wheel car, bitch. Hold on, your webcam's cut out again. On oh, a very Mr. Oh, Bean-looking face this time. There we go, it's back on. Um, oh, I didn't even do it. He goes, um, yes, yeah, so he goes, look at me, bitch. And the classic Mr. B, he goes, oh, excuse me, I want to get to, to that shopping guy, old bitch. You know, he just says that at the end of all his lines. <laughs> um, and and then she goes, what does she say? <laughs> oh, that's it. She goes, she goes, no, listen, he is not your father. And he goes, what? Yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> like that. And she goes, no, no. listen, she's on her knees and he he comes through the darkness and he goes, tell me, mother, why did you abandon me? And she, she gives up and she goes, listen, I am not your mother and he was not your father. We, we are, oh, by the way, I forgot to set up. She's a doctor, by the way. Okay. Oh, and somebody died was, during childbirth. Her husband was a doctor. She goes, listen, you're, you're not our child. You were a grave mistake of genetics, Mr. Bean. <laughs> she says, Mr. Bean, that's not your, your dad. That is the man that we cloned you from. Bean, you are a clone. What? You are not human. Oh. You are a cloned man. And that's... And she you're goes, not human. <laughs> and... 
you're, you're, he could, and she goes, the man that you were cloned from when, when you were created, when we realized what a grave mistake we made to, to nature, he killed himself. Oh <laughs> he my killed God. himself rather than live with what he did. And I, I had to run, Mr. Bean. I had to run away far. I had to hide from, from the abomination that I made. And we get a flashback and we see the reason Mr. Bean is so fucking weird is because when he was cloned, he was just kind of, by himself locked in solitary confinement and his teddy is the only thing he had to communicate with, the teddy they gave him. Oh. Going, Hello, teddy! And it's the reason he's such a, a fucking freak, essentially. Um, that makes sense. It goes, that's what we can say. We go, ever wondered why Mr. Bean is such a fucking freak? Come find out, watch the film. Um, <laughs> and then... A um, long title. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He goes, um, so then now, Mr. Bean, after finding out this news, Mr. Bean goes mental. He starts Jesus. smashing up the TV screens, going, no, it can't be true, it can't! Smashing all the TVs up. And in his anger, after smashing a TV, uh, one of the TV sparks, and uh, because it's raining, Kyle, you know the storm that's going on. Oh, yeah. The, the, the grave storm. The endless storm. <laughs> yes. Um, your webcam is frozen once again. There we go. Oh no, he's not returned. Uh, this is frustrating. <laughs> he's he's a frozen... Kyle, you're frozen in time. I c can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Oh, there we go, you're back. So you're going to give me a seizure. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Um, right. So Mr. Bean, he's smashing up these TVs and, Monster. Uh, you know, a bit of electricity sparks from where he's smashed the TV up. And because it's been raining throughout this entire film, um, maybe we can work some stuff in about global warming there as well. A fire starts. Uh, Doris goes, ah! And Mr. Bean goes, ah! And then he goes, Doris, come! We must escape, Doris! And they're like, Running because he doesn't actually want her to die. It's his, uh, you know, he thought it was his mum oh. up until now. So they're running out together. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. That's the sound of Mr. Bean running for his life. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh. I'm going to get Rowan Atkinson in for the folly to do that. Um, that's the only thing he'll be doing in the film. Mr. Bean will be recast. <laughs> <that>. Interesting. <laughs> and then um, as they're escaping through this exit, a beam falls and lands on Bean. He splats like oh, a bean. No, he doesn't. And then, and then he goes, and then he goes, uh, Doris, run! Leave me behind, Doris! And she goes, no, I have to help you, uh, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, I have to help you. I've left she you. She always called him Mr. Bean. <laughs> I've left you alone for so long, I can't leave you to die. And he goes, no, go on without me, Doris! And the flames, they engulf him, and he, he, become, he becomes a baked bean. And, um, Doris wow. escapes, and she watches the house collapse in on itself, and the fire, it sizzles away, and she goes, and, and Bean is no more. And she, Doris learns a lesson that day. She thought she wanted Mr. Bean out of her life, and really what she had to do was she just had to confront him and tell him the truth and stop killing. Killing. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> I thought this and was then, an origin film, and yet the character we're originating <laughs> seems to be dead. No, 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 no. This this is explaining his origin. This isn't a prequel to the TV show. Oh, okay. Um, right. And just before the end credits, as Doris, you know, there's a funeral, Bean's funeral, people yeah. are there, Doris is sad. And then we cut back to the house and we what just see <laughs> from, from the dirt, Mr. Bean's hand arises from the dirt. It's a zombie. 
and it cuts to black. And the wow. end credits roll. What do you mean who would be The title role? comes up. Bean <laughs> Origins. <laughs> Bean Revelations. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, that's, that's, what do I call it? Mr. Bean's House of Screams. Oh, yes, that was it. There we go. Wow. I mean, that was certainly a potent pitch. <laughs> that's the only word I can use to describe it. I would give you three million to make that. Uh, and that's achievable, I think. Yeah. I mean, Do let's you think be you honest. can hire Rowan Atkinson for three million? Um, I will. I I will give him one million of my three million budget to be in. I'll say, listen, I'm making this Mr. Bean film, Rowan Atkinson. You can be in it, uh -huh. take it or leave it. Here's a million. <laughs> With or without you, Bean's House of Screams is happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't stop it. Production's moving <laughs> forward. Nature finds a way, Mr. <laughs> Bean. Um. Yeah. So that's you know. Do a bit what you will. That's my pitch for Mr. Bean's horror film. House of Screams. House of right, Screams. well, Joe, I'm a man of many talents. I can hop from project to project. I can write 10 scripts a day. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't think it was worth my precious time coming up with a full outline story. No, Instead, no. I've come to you with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine <laughs> log lines. Log lines slash titles slash vague ideas in, in the in the little recesses of my Krevicky mind. Okay. Um and and, <laughs> and I would like you to pick one and I'll show you the wonders of of the screenwriter by inventing the story before your very eyes. The Wonders of the Screenwriter, <laughs> hosted by Kyle Mellon. <laughs> this is how they do it at Warner Brothers. Um, so I'm going to go through <laughs> some pit and ideas now. We'll, we'll green light it and then we'll cancel it after 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, cocky. Opening a drink. Oh yeah, have a good swig as you think of the ideas, eh? So, can you no, actually no. tell us what I've this film will be? Down. Oh, I can, I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't just leave. Okay. <laughs> Plot idea number one. The Spy Kids stop Jigsaw. Okay. Now, I think this is, has has a bit too many similarities to yours. You know, trapped uh... in a, a strange series of, of uh, horrible games. Mm -hmm. But the next one is the complete opposite. The next one is the Iron Man centipede. <laughs> Ah, okay. Uh, my interest now, has peaked. <laughs> problem number one with this pitch is that I have not seen The Human Centipede and only know the basic premise as explained by the poster. <laughs> okay, good. Um, well, you don't want to get sued also... for intellectual copyright, so... <laughs> no, in court, I would just tell the judge, look, mate, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I've never watched it. Um, I've got... Lola Bunny is hunted by Elmer Fudd. That isn't really a horror film. That's just a normal episode yeah, of the Looney yeah, Tunes. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise religiously gaslights you, the audience. Okay. So it would be kind of a, an infomercial style film in which Tom Cruise convinces you to join Scientology, okay. uh, but in, in subtly insidious ways. Um, we've got Tarantino comes... Okay, so this is kind of a Jumanji spin. <laughs> Tarantino comes, a horror film. <laughs> uh, Tarantino comes through the screen of a film to uh -oh, chase... Kyle, talking about things coming through a screen, you're not... 
You're, you're, <laughs> you're not right not... now. Your screen is frozen. <laughs> you're not, uh, unlike usual, you're not coming at your screen this episode. <laughs> okay. Pitch. Tarantino emerges, vaporizes through the screen, the TV screen to chase down The Rock and his feet. So you've frozen again, Kyle. You were unfrozen and then you refroze yourself. There we go. There you go. Okay. All is well. What do you think of that one? Tarantino wants The Rock's feet. I don't want that. <laughs> okay. Want that. That's why it's scary. We must, we must face our true demons. I want to uh, hit... Like oh, Quentin sorry. Tarantino. Oh, sorry, you're still going. You're still going. I've got like five more. I've got this one... Okay, this one is just a single scene idea, but it is Legolas crunches glass in his mouth. Legolas <laughs> bleeds from the mouth. While eating a bottle. <laughs> um, I've got Jeff Goldblum is put in a misery situation by Chris Pratt. <laughs> a misery situation? <laughs> yeah, the film Misery. He's oh. captured by Chris Pratt and his and his feet are hobbled. So not, not just starring in Jurassic World 3. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is, I think. Um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, we want you to be in Jurassic World 3, but we want to hit your feet with a hammer before you do any of your seats, so you have to hobble around. <laughs> We've got Emperor Palpatine eats a wasp's nest. <laughs> why? Why? Hold on, all your ideas are just film character puts objects you're not meant to eat inside their mouths. <laughs> I think it could maybe be a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think so that one's Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine sat around us. Goes, go. Do you remember that time I ate the wasp? <laughs> um, I'm imagining, you know, he's ruling the empire, and then like King George, he slowly goes more and more insane, and as he gets paranoid about the idea that he's been that the rebellion have slipped a wasp's nest into his steak tartare. Oh, and he, he like hears buzzing from inside his stomach and he slowly loses his grip on the empire and his enemies start coming for him. The empire goes ta-ta as he falls to his death. Oh, that's good. Write that down. <laughs> okay, and my final one, which I oh, think no. is the best, oh, we go. Sorry, is, that, is the Finding Nemo. Um, the Nemo finds a camera that shows you how people will die. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, could you explain that a little bit? Is that the title, oh, is it? Yeah, that's the, the the Finding Nemo finds a camera that will help you show the, how people die. The Finding Nemo. The, yeah, that character. That the, was the original Nemo. was called. You need it to have the same first three words so it comes up in results. I really like when I talk about things just to annoy people, putting a the in front when it never was like you know the Family Guy, the King Kong, the Jaws. So, I'm going to roll off with Finding Nemo. So, Nemo, he's swimming in the sea. Oh, he's a little grown up now. Did you did you just give a, a plethora of options, a menu, and then just decide what I was eating for dinner? Okay, pick your pick your entree. Well, I'm genuinely interested to hear what your Iron Man centipede idea is. Well, no. I don't know anything about the human centipede. It was just a thought. Mostly, scratching that mostly one from the because record. you definitely didn't have anything planned for it outside of the title. <laughs> Um, is it just Tony Stark shits in his Iron Man suit? <laughs> and it's recycled up into his mouth. Um, I, I'm very interested in Legolas Eats Glass, the eating trilogy I want to see. But fine, talk to me about Finding Nemo. Miss Finding, wait, no, Nemo 
finds a he's camera around. He's that a has the Emperor and Legolas eating dangerous things on it, and that's how they die. <laughs> um, so Finding Nemo's a bit older. He's a teenager now. He has some of that like patchy stubble. His name isn't can... Finding Nemo. <laughs> That's not important. We can just find and replace that in the script. Oh, sorry. That's not important, Finding is Nemo. It? Imagine at a pitch meeting. Also, you know he's not at a Pixar. You know he's not actually called Finding Nemo. That's not important, John Lasseter. <laughs> Brad Bird, get out. So Finding Nemo, he's a bit older. He's got stubble. But like the patchy, wispy teenager hair. He's swimming in the reef. Dory. <laughs> Tori and Marlin uh, are on a date. They're um, <laughs> off in a fish restaurant. And Nemo's left home in the, the sea anemone. Hold on. I think you've misunderstood <laughs> what, what what their relationship was, Kyle. They're, they're not romantic <laughs> in any well, shape or form. Maybe it's less of a date and they've just gone out for a meal okay. as friends. All right. Sometimes they need time away. <laughs> Nemo's Nemo. got a bit stroppy <laughs> as a teenager. He's a bit of an aggy teenager, Nemo. And he sat he sat in the anemone. There'll probably be some kind of fun joke where they do a video game with fish. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can come up with that. Why, That's your department. Why did you introduce that idea and then immediately get annoyed by it? <laughs> You introduced that concept and then shrugged it off like someone forced it upon you. Maybe he's playing some fucking stupid fish video game. I don't know. Don't ask me about that stupid fucking idea. Okay. 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 He's like, God damn it. I wanted to go to, to uh, fish. God damn it. I wanted to go to the kelp hut. It's like Pizza Hut, but it's kelp. That's the line. That's what he says. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> when you see the meeting at the restaurant, that's what it says underneath. <laughs> it's like the Pizza Hut, but it's kelp. Mm. <laughs> um, and he's like, God damn it. I want to go out. I want to see my friends, the squid and uh, <laughs> the other ones. He's like, Ugh. and he leaves the anemone. Oh. And he's, he's splashing. He, he should never leave the anemone. That's the first rule. That's what Marlin says before he goes out. He goes, don't answer the phone, don't play <laughs> your fish video games, and don't leave the anemone. And don't watch any of your fish porn on your fish laptop. <laughs> oh, um, I'll have to install a out. fish firewall. Can we... And he sees, <laughs> he sees some swimmers above him. And he's like, ooh, swimmers. <laughs> Fucking losers, he says. <laughs> and they drop a uh, a disposable waterproof camera and it floats down and they try and swim for it but Nemo swims up to him he's like get fucked bitch back off this is my enemy <laughs> and they they leave and he goes to the um to the the camera and as it as it falls onto the coral it it snaps a flash of light and Nemo go Nemo isn't in He's, uh, he's just next to it as it hits. He's like by its side. Right. And it flashes up, up to the surface and captures a photograph of the, um, the, the, the swimmer. The swimmers. And it prints out. It's, uh, it's like a Polaroid, but waterproof. You know, <laughs> that thing that's been invented. <laughs> yes. Um, it prints out um, and it shows that that swimmer is, is it shows her dead. <laughs> and she's like, she's like this. She's like, Okay, she's, she's dead. Right, right. 
And and Nemo's like, huh? And she's just swimming. She's fine. And he goes, huh? And he goes, I can't. These two states of reality don't match, he says. <laughs> that would be the trailer line. <laughs> yes. Um, and then he looks closer at the photo and he sees that the other swimmer who's still up there looks incredibly old. And then he he's he like looks looks up and he sees that it's it's just a young boy. Okay. It's just a young boy. And he's like, wait, wait, this doesn't make sense unless it's like goosebumps. And this is a cat. Oh, he goes, Nemo goes, unless I just got finished watching uh, Fish Goosebumps. Uh, oh, your, your webcam has once again frozen you in time. There you go. So he, he's like, whoa, unless this is like Goosebumps and this is a camera that shows you how you die. And then his, his uh, Dory. His and, Dory. Um, <laughs> his Dory and his Marlin. Fish Marlin and Fish Dory arrive. And he's like, and they're like, "Wow, I did love that that kelp at Kelp Hut." Uh, Dory <laughs> says that's her first line in the film. They were paid. There's a sponsorship for this one. <laughs> oh, your webcam is frozen once again. And so, as though it's trying to tell you, stop, Kyle. Stop, stop. She says, "Wow, Marlin, I loved that kelp from the Kelp Hut." They've replaced Alan. Alan's no longer <laughs> yeah. voicing Dory. Well, she's not very popular anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, and and Nemo's like. <laughs> I wanted to go to Kelp Hut. And he's she like, goes, and he smashes the <laughs> And he gets angry. And he goes, Rah! and he smashes on the camera with his with his good fin. Yeah. It's not his weak fin. No. Remember, he has a weak fin. I do. That remember. will not be important later, <laughs> but you should remember it. Um, and it snaps a photo, and Dory's like, ah, 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 what's that? What's that? She freaks the fuck out. She swims off into the distance, off the edge of the the coral reef into oh, the no. deep in a panic no, and marlin's no like coral huts down there no no coral huts that way and marlin's like oh nemo what did you do oh you prick <laughs> sorry sorry why is he suddenly some sort of odd leprechaun man <laughs> he's not he said uh, and he's like <laughs> and marlin gives up pretty quick and he says well <laughs> I'm not gonna go get her. Not doing this again. <laughs> I've had enough adventures for my lifetime. And Nemo looks at the photo and he goes, and Marlin doesn't hear this. He's heading back into the anime. He's and Nemo goes, off. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care at all. He, he says Nemo... that as he's swimming back home. <laughs> yeah. And and the photo prints out, and Nemo looks at it and he mutters, "Yeah, well, that lifetime's not going to be very long." Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why is Nemo suddenly stopped caring about all his loved ones. He's a stroppy teenager. Oh, yes, yes. I remember when I was a teenager. <laughs> like all teenagers I saw a are genuinely of... homicidal. <laughs> uh, and he sees Marlin being eaten by a barracuda, just oh, like God. how his wife died. <laughs> that's, that's what's captioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we flash back. We go boom, boom. We see <laughs> his mum go go boom, boom, <laughs> and it's black and white. Because why not Nemo? Go... <laughs> yeah, and Nemo goes back home, and he sees that his dad has brought a box of kelp home with him. And he said, "I got you. I ordered this on the way home. This isn't leftovers, by the way. This is a fresh box of hot kelp." He's like, "Okay, dad." And Nemo's like, <laughs> and Nemo's like, "Oh." I feel bad. Well, I guess I don't says, want Dory says, to die now. <laughs> he looks bad. 
no, he looks like he feels bad, uh, and 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 so isn't. the film. It looks like he yeah. feels bad, but actually he, he feels not not any guilt at all. And so this film takes a reverse spin on the premise, and so Nemo is concerned about Marlin getting injured. He becomes he becomes so obsessed with the loss of his mother that he doesn't want to live without his dad. And so, he gets super overprotective. And eventually Marlon's like... Can I just ask at this point, is Dory just okay. gone? Is Dory ever... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm getting to that okay, right now. Okay. And um, so Nemo eats his food and he's like, you know, <laughs> I love you, Dad. I really love you, Dad. I'm sorry I was so rude earlier. And Marlon goes, it's all right, son. <laughs> uh, it's all right, son. We all get moody as teenagers. And that could be the tagline. Um and and then he finishes his food and Marlon's like, it's been two hours. Nemo's a slow eater in this film. It's been two hours. It's been two hours. drunk? It's been two hours. It's been two hours. He's drunk maybe, having a stroke. That's how he dies. Maybe, maybe we should go and find Dory. And Nemo's like, no, no, no. Uh, uh, does, you don't know what's outside on the reef, Dad. Uh, I'll go get her. You stay here. Don't leave the house. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer the door to strangers. And don't play the don't play my fish video game. You'll ruin my save. Uh, this is the recurring theme, it seems like. And so he goes out to look for Dory, and it just becomes finding Dory. Except Marlin's not there. Marlin stays home the whole time. Okay. But Marlin was the one thing wrong with that film, wasn't he? So thank God. Yeah. I just... Uh, except the whole time... So uh, let me Nemo... just let me just <laughs> confirm what you've just pitched is let's do Finding Dory again, but at the start can we just put in <laughs> that Nemo wants to doesn't care that Dory's gonna die. He's he's genuinely glad when he sees Dory's dead. He's he's a teenager. He's older <laughs> in this version. Okay. He's still a child in that one. Okay. Okay, I, I mean, I did think when I was watching it, the one thing we're missing from Finding Tori is, like, Nemo's pleasure, the pleasure he derives from, from <laughs> death. And maybe, can and we so... just play Finding Dory, but every time a character dies or is lost, we just edit Nemo to have just a little smile. He just <laughs> smiles a little bit. I think Nemo has this arc where he gets very stroppy at people. He's like, no, you... You stupid fish. Why can't you hear properly? Why can't you echolocate, you stupid dolphin, whale? And then he's like, Ugh! and he snaps a photo when he gets too angry. And then he's like, no, no. And he has to work through a kind of Final Destination style series of events to try and prevent that death. Oh, I see. And then the film just continues from where we stopped. Okay. And then, and then, it, and then it's over. And then, and and then, then it's it, over. And then it ends. End of pitch. <laughs> And the, and he goes back to play his stupid fish video games. Whatever you fucking want. Since you fucking seem to love them so much. Then he goes home and he plays a stupid fucking game and the film ends. I don't know. That's It'll cost pick. $10 million. It's fucking stupid. Green <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Do you think Lassiter would go for it? Uh, I think current Pixar would go for that, Kai. <laughs> I think they would Vivid go for revolution. I think that could be an original... Series on Disney Plus, like a Monster of the Week type episode, where every oh, we week to save. Nemo has to prevent a, a death from occurring. <laughs> yes, you would have thought after a while, he'd, maybe he could have a whole arc where it was like, for a, for like a half hour stretch in the film, he refuses to use the camera, but people die anyway. 
and he has to come to learn to accept that this is his role in society now is to save people's lives yeah sure and he has to know how they die to save them (laughs) (laughs) and it scars him i had the idea in a pitch room you say maybe this happens and you just go yeah all right I guess I like, could do that. <laughs> so there you go. And if you want. I think instead of called Finding Nemo, it should be called Fearing Nemo. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Or it could be Fishing Nemo. Okay. <laughs> oh, it could be Nemo and Dekelput. Yeah, it could just be things not related to the story, I suppose. Nemo's evil Polaroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, um, well done. It doesn't feel like you're actually that proud of me. Can you tell me you're proud of me? I am proud of you, son. Yeah. 